As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Welcome to Brothers in Arms, brought to you by Catholic Men for Jesus Christ, with your hosts, George Rose and Bill Maher. Stay tuned as George, Bill, and their guests discuss topics relevant to Catholic men living out their faith in today's challenging world. And now, here are the hosts of Brothers in Arms, George Rose and Bill Maher. Well, good evening, my brothers. This is Bill Maher, and I'm here with my co-host, George Rose. We are Brothers in Arms on this Friday, October 1st. <laughs> good to hear your dulcet tones uh, streaming over the airways, Billy. That's right. You know, uh, we, we definitely have entered fall. Uh, it was rather A little brusque. chilly today. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Fall weather. Football weather, for sure. And what, no doubt and, about it. And October baseball playoff weather. There we go. You know, from out of your mouth to God's ears, right? Yeah. We were talking about the Yankees, folks. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, are, we are skewed... You know, pinstripe blue. Yeah, big series tonight. Tampa Bay coming into uh, into the Bronx. The Yankees' magic number is two, and there's three games left. So any combination of two wins or two losses by uh, the teams behind them, and, and we're in. They got a big. They're looking pretty good. Well, it seems, seems like if you're a Metro New York person, the only team you really have right now is the Yankees. Yeah, point. I mean, yeah, I mean, Giants, Jets, Giants, uh, Jets are uh, you know, yeah, Mets, not you a know. lot to root for there no, right no. now. But. So, so we we put our hope in in pinstripes, and uh, hopefully uh, we can have a, a yeah. good series. Yeah, you know, hey Billy, what a great we had our uh, second evening of reflection, right? Since we, we did. restarted them. Uh, during the pandemic, what a great night last night at St. Mary's in Middletown with uh, Father Jeff Kegley. He was on fire. He really uh, uh, taught and and preached on evangelization, the need to evangelize, yeah. you know, and calling you know us out as laymen and saying, "Listen, guys, we got to actually evangelize. We can't sort of sit, you know, sit back and 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 yeah. let it happen, if you will." And he even he even made the point if even if you just brought someone here that's not evangelization you got to mm. go out you got to mm. actually yeah you know, preach the word you know I mean you know the the most prevalent way of doing that is living a good life you know preach the gospel always when necessary use words but you got to be you got to get your game up enough that you can when you're challenged yeah and I think he also spoke to uh, the anointing that each one of us has as well right the uh, the authority that we have to do that. I think a lot of us don't realize that we have everything we need to do that. We just need to let it be activated, right? The Holy Spirit, the grace of the Holy Spirit that that we have in us, it, it lies quiet so much of the time in so many of us, you know, but just becoming more aware of that, that mm. authority that you have. Right? When, when God puts somebody on your heart, a friend, somebody in your sphere of influence, uh, Father Jeff called it right mm -hmm. that man, yeah i feel like man, you know really i would like to talk to this person about that they put a mercy you know there's a mercy on your heart or something that that's that's god telling you go talk to that person <laughs> right and you got to run with it right and, yeah and and don't you know discount yourself you know you're a sinner yep you are so am i you know you know george, let, yeah. george george you are too how about that even even great george rose we're all no oh, give me a break <laughs> exactly right <laughs> we're all sinners so it's it, you know we just got to step up you know it's not yeah. us the message isn't bill the message isn't george the message is jesus yeah you know and, and i was and one of the things i mentioned to the guys last night and it's really true you know you think of people through association often 
You know, I think of my neighbor because he cuts the lawn. I'm always thinking of him on a lawnmower. I think of my friend Jim of, as, you know, Giants, the first thing that comes to mind because he's fan. a Giants fan, right? Yep. But with Father Jeff, one thing I have to say that when I think of Father Jeff, I think of Jesus because that's mm. all he professes is yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And um, that's something to really reflect on. You know, what what do people think of you? you yeah. Know? Mm. And, I, and I say that pointing all those fingers back at me, right? Mm. But that's a good reflection is like, are we known for what we are and and you know i'm irish but i'm really that's not what that's not how i'm identified i'm an american but that's not how i really identify identify myself as a catholic yeah catholic christian a a, a believer in the the original christian all right Mm. let's be honest yeah um and and what does that mean and what how how does that you know act out in my life yeah and if it's not acting out in my life well then you know what yeah yeah fix that father jeff mentioned a uh uh, a weekend. Um, I forget what was. It's on uh, October 29th to 30th. So Patrick yep. Rice, the founder of uh, Encounter Ministries, because St. Mary's and we. Father Something Jeff, you're involved in right now. I am. I'm. I, I'm signed up for the course. Uh, my wife and I, and uh, it's been great so far. And uh, every Tuesday at St. Mary's, and Father Jeff spoke about it last night. So it's uh, really you know how to allow the Holy Spirit to. Uh, empower you more right to 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 evangelize and to help heal people and and um it's great and so i would go i think if you go to the uh diocese of uh trenton the Mm -hmm. catholic charismatic renewal uh website you'll find more information about it or call saint mary's uh this guy patrick rice i heard him speak over the summer he was at the the uh charismatic conference uh back in june powerful Uh, one of the best speakers i've ever heard he's like a young peter herbeck or somebody like that really You know, really great speaker. So I recommend all well, the we, guys. We got to get there. him on the radio then, right? I tried actually uh, last month, but uh, yes, Bill, let's keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> George, George was hammering me on persistence just before yes. this uh, broadcast started. <laughs> yes. So, but before we derail ourselves, we have a saint for the month, do we not? We do, Bill. And um, today, our, our saint of the month uh, is Saint Luke. Yes, the Saint Luke the Evangelist. The Evangelist, yes. yes uh, Travel with Paul. It, yes, and Saint Luke's feast day is October eighteenth. Mm-hmm. He was born, and we everybody knows who Saint Luke is, right? Uh, like, what more is there, you know, new to know about Saint Luke? But when I'm doing my research on these saints of the month, I always seem to find things that I didn't really know before. Um, and uh, so St. Luke was born in Antioch, Syria at the time. Now it's uh, Turkey, part mm-hmm. of modern-day Turkey. Antioch was the first city to coin the word Christian. Yeah, that's where the first Christian called. community was right. uh, founded, right? Right. Yeah, it's uh, an, an interesting place. In, in hermeneutics, uh, they would be the literalist. In, what? in, in study of the Bible, oh, there's two schools. You. There's the Alexandrian school. I'm Joe the... Sixpack to your <laughs> philosophy professor, Bill. Well, my point is the, it's the Antioch school. and Gotcha. Uh, the literalist school, if you will. But anyway, again, I, whenever I think of Antioch, the first person I think of is Ignatius of Antioch, mm. one of my favorite saints. But anyway, that's a little side note. Go on. I'm, I'm derailing. Uh, yeah, this yeah, entire, no, no, uh, no problem. Um, so, uh, so he was born. Uh, not sure when. We know where he was born, right? But uh, he died uh, unknown when he died as well. <laughs> but uh, tradition <laughs> says that he was about 84 years old when he died, uh, and that he was probably martyred. Um, his he died in uh, Boeotia, uh, and his tomb is in Thebes. So, mm. um, uh, I believe Boeotia is probably somewhere in Turkey, or Turkey, Greece, I believe somewhere so, in that yeah. area. Yep. I will say this. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna share with uh, the audience after the break. 
Well, I'm going to color, give color to what I'm going to say right now, and that is I have held the bones of St. Luke. Oh, you have? I have. The we'll, relics. We'll, we'll, we'll explain that when we come back. Excellent. But anyway, go on. Excellent. Um, uh, St. Luke is the patron saint of artists, bachelors, physicians, surgeons, farmers, and a number of other professions as well. But, um, you know, St. Luke, he wrote, obviously, the Gospel of Luke. He's also uh, wrote the Acts of the Apostles. Mm-hmm. So as you said, Billy, he he was St. Paul's physician and he tra- after his conversion, and he traveled with St. Paul. So uh, much of uh, Acts of the Apostles deals with St. Paul's conversion, right, and, and things that happened afterwards. Ooh. So he was a companion to St. Paul. And... Um, you know what this means. You know Saint Saint Luke then wrote over one quarter of the New Testament. He did more than any other author. And when you think of uh, the the Gospel of uh, Luke, you know he's really addressing the, the Greek world, really. Yeah. You know when you think of the four Gospels, you know Luke is the Greek world. Mark was to the Roman world. Right. And Matthew was to the Hebrews. Is why Matthew has so many. Yeah. So much typology in there into the into the you know the uh, Old Testament, mm. and of course Saint John was to the whole Christian world. Right. Right. The Luke Greek world, yeah, and he was um, not. To- he was also con- probably the only Gentile uh, author in the New Testament as well. So they mm. think he was think he was probably not Jewish. So he's the only non-Jewish author in the uh, New Testament, uh, and that he was he possibly a Hellenic Jew, a Greek Jew, but he had yeah. Greek. You know, being from Antioch, that was a Greek speaking city, and. Um, and that's where he was grew up. It's where he was uh, educated as a physician, and you know he was he was among the most cultured and cosmopolitan members of the early church. Uh, he's also considered one of the top historians of the time period mm. uh, because of his writings. You know, I mean, think about Acts of the Apostles. Is there a more detailed it's, uh, it's version cr- of events? The early church, really? Yeah, uh, just just from a pure historical perspective sure. of events that happened at that time. You know, in, in his gospel and in, and in the Acts. Um, he's also, uh, he's the only, according to historians, uh, he's the only evangelist to incorporate the personal testimony of the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, into his gospel. Mm. And her role in Christ's life emerges most clearly in uh, the sure, gospel. Sure, with Saint the annunciation well. and the visitation and the yep. Magnificat, right? I mean, yes, all wow. of it. Yep. And, um, uh, and what a gifted man. So he's a physician, he's a historian, he's a great writer. Uh, he's also considered uh, the first icon painter. So uh, tr- tradi- Christian tradition credits him with painting several icons of the Blessed uh, Virgin, including the Black Madonna of yeah, Chestnahova. Yeah, Our Lady of Chestnahova, yeah. Right? So yeah. what an amazing man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great icon. I, it's of, of all the images of Mary... I find myself drawn the most to Chechenhova. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, Which you can still go see today. Yeah, you have, right? I have in Chechenhova, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. The, the, the most cosmopolitan person in this studio right now is George Rose, so you have that in common with Luke. I well, pretty I much know, Bill, live you're... most of my life in New Jersey, and that's pretty... <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. You use all those big words, Billy. You might be the yeah. most... <laughs> you know, there's an old saying... <laughs> the most erudite of I, us I say, all. I say this to my kids, you know? <laughs> 90% of reality is perception. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, so, so uh, St. Luke is our saint of the month. He is. St. Luke, please pray for us. Um, and when we get back from this break, uh, I'm going to flesh out what I uh, said 
with regards to the bones of St. Luke. So we'll be back, guys, in about two minutes. This is Monsignor John Kozar, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. My visits to the missions center most appropriately around the celebration of the Eucharist. These masses often take place in small, humble chapels. The poorest of the poor are my congregation. But instead of praying only for themselves, they include the needs of their own families and the needs of others around the world. At Mass, no matter the location, we join with the poor of the world as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's the ultimate family experience. And it's a lesson from the missions. Brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, visit our website at onefamilyandmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this one family and mission. What have you done for your marriage today? While you're thinking, here's what other people had to say. Uh, My husband and my daughter and I went for a walk together. Well, and it's going to be her birthday next week, so I've been spending time today making arrangements to make that extra special. I called my wife on the phone and I told her, Sue, I love you. And I met it. I flirted with my husband like when we first got married. I have carried my wife's purse. What I have done for my marriage today is give my wife a break, take the kids out, have a good time so she can just relax. Hmm. I know I didn't fight. (laughs) What have I done for my marriage today? Wow. I don't know. I cooked my husband's favorite breakfast. I read the newspaper to my wife and it cracked her up. What have I done? I'm actually giving my wife the rest of the day off from me. She's going to visit with her girlfriend. What have you done for your marriage today? Try something new to make yours great. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. Well, welcome back, my brothers. This is Bill Marm here with my co-host, George Rose. We are brothers in arms. As iron sharpens iron, Billy. I feel very <laughs> sharp after our evening of reflection last night. <laughs> uh, we did. It was a wonderful event uh, at St. Mary's Mother of God Church with uh, Father Jeff Kegley giving an inspirational talk on evangelization. Uh, he's such a, a wonderful blessing to the church, and we're gifted to have him in his ministry and what he does uh, as, a, as an amazing priest. So it was great. Um, we talked about St. Luke as our saint of the month. Mm-hmm. So uh, an amazing saint. And I, I mentioned, I, I prefaced uh, some of my comments by saying I held the bones of St. Luke. And How'd you do that, Billy? Oh, there you go. That was a perfect <laughs> setup. Thank you. You know, it's something that everyone listening this to this uh, broadcast can actually do because mm. there is a a ministry created by the Vatican. Uh, it's called Treasures of the Church, and mm. it is in this case 165 relics, most but maybe four or five first class relics, which means that it is a literally a piece of the body of these saints, usually a bone. Mm. Um, It is on tour. On tour. And with, with regards to this, uh, what, what they have is I, like I said, I held the bones of St. Luke and you actually have the ability to touch these things. I bless myself with, I think every apostle. I mean, St. Peter, St. Luke, St. John, uh, St. Anne, our, our lady's Mm. mother. Mm. They have a piece of her bone. It's amazing. You know, we, we've talked over the what years. What about uh, the Blessed Virgin? Do they have a piece of her oh, bone, Billy? They, not her Trick bone. Trick question. She was <laughs> body and soul. But they do have a little sliver from her veil that was gifted to this ministry. 
uh, from Rome. I forget what church her veil is actually in in Rome. Wow. And and they actually gifted a piece and they put it in a reliquary. So I was able to take, you know, my ring and put it up against all these these Your relics. Wedding ring. Yeah. yeah, it was so. Also, my patron saint is Saint Joseph. They had a piece <laughs> of his cloth as well. Uh, they had obviously one of the biggest um, uh, slivers of the True Cross. Wow. Um, I mean, I was there. Uh, a piece of the crib, a piece of the crown of thorns, mm. uh, a, a part of the lance of that Longinus thrusted into Jesus' side. Wow. Um, and then, I mean, every saint you can imagine. To, you know, we talk about St. Athanasius was one of, of, of one of my favorite saints because he literally was, was the bulwark preventing the whole church going Arian. You know, he was, mm. it was, you know, Athanasius against the world, you know, and I love reading about it and, you know, him fighting the Arian heresy and boom, there he is. There mm. he is physically. Mm. Amazing. Now I don't want to, you know, we are given the greatest gift in the history of humanity in Jesus Christ. And we can receive that in the Eucharist. There's nothing greater than the Eucharist. Mm. So I don't want to, you know, trump the eucharist with this but this is an amazing connection mm. to our history very cool you know and and i really I, I gosh i challenge you guys go have an amazing experience well go where billy like how do you treasures of the okay. okay you can look that up they're touring uh they've been through quite a few parishes in new jersey they're going to connecticut uh, and then they're coming back to jersey on october 5th in this case the first church they'll be back will be sacred heart church in Lyndhurst. So the tour now in Jersey is going to be a little bit more North Jersey, Mm. but it's so worth the drive. Go Mm. starts at six 30. You get an amazing talk from, you know, um, um, father, uh, Carlos, uh, Martins, who's actually head of this ministry. Um, he has a great devotion to, uh, Maria Goretti Mm. who has a connection with New Jersey because her brothers were sent here, um, as orphans, uh, in the sense that her, the mother couldn't uh, take care of the kids after Maria's uh, uh, murder, mm. and they settled in New Jersey. Mm. So there's, he gets he really gets into that. He's written books on that topic and so forth. But this is an amazing experience. I was really mm. taken back. I really was, and mm. I'm I'm throwing I'm throwing the gauntlet on you too, George. You you drive up there to Yankee Stadium every now and then. There you go. You get yeah. up to hit it. So October fifth in Linden, huh? That's Linhurst. Uh, that's, that, Linhurst. that's uh, but if you go on the calendar, that night is the uh, the wild card playoff game. Maybe it'll be hope should be at Yankee Stadium. Maybe uh, on the way up there. <laughs> right, well, what time does the game start? Like at eight? Uh, probably yeah, seven or eight. I, I would imagine. I would I would do it another day, and I'll do it another day because you don't want to be rushed. You don't want to feel rushed. Well, will it be there all day? No, nope. it which... starts at six thirty. Unless it's oh, weekends, the, the weekends are yeah. actually it's it starts like usually at two or three. Gotcha. Uh, but it's a good. I mean, it's a good. You're going to be there a good two hours, two and a half okay. hours. I mean, gotcha. and here's the thing. Not only you know you go to Rome, and you have a great experience in an amazing church, which is unbelievable. This is kind of like going to Rome. It is. Right. It is. It, it's it, all these different these different relics from all over Rome and Italy and, and the world have been brought together into this one traveling ministry. And not only, you know, you'd go to Rome and you'd look at this and you'd pray and you'd be, you'd really be moved, but you could touch these. I'm, I'm picking up. That's relics. amazing. They let you and touch I'm blessing. everything. Yes. Yeah, so that's it's great. Like, I, I recommend. I mean, clearly they're, they're in the little reliquaries, reliquaries that they come in, right? 100%. That's what you're picking up. hundred percent. Right, right. But you have the tactile ability to touch these things, you know, and, mm. and that's, uh, it was just a wonderful experience. So really cool. It really was cool. So awesome. treasures of the church. Look it up guys. All right. You had something you wanted to cover. I do Billy. So. A couple of days ago, uh, Archbishop Cordelion of San Francisco 
uh, came out with um, uh, an invitation to uh, Catholics. It's called A Rose and a Rosary for Nancy Pelosi. And uh, he is inviting all Catholics to join in a massive and visible campaign of prayer and fasting for Speaker Nancy Pelosi, uh, asking us to commit to praying one rosary a week and fasting on Fridays for her conversion of heart. Um, you can go to benedictinstitute.org and sign up for this, and a rose will be sent to Nancy Pelosi as a symbol of your prayer and fasting for her. Uh, I went and signed up yesterday, made a small donation, and, and signed up, and uh what a great statement by the archbishop, you know, because the you know how the, this is kind of stemmed from that Texas, uh, the uh, the heartbeat um, law that was passed, right? That once a heartbeat is heard, uh, abortion right. is now legal in Texas. Sure. Um, and the uh, speaker and the the Democrats are talking about uh, passing a law, and so rather than it just being uh, protected by uh, Roe v. Wade from the Supreme Court, they're actually talking about in, in the legislature passing a, lo- a law that would codify uh, abortion oh in in the leg- you know in our, our more even more so than it is now. Mm. So um, so Archbishop Cordelione has been pretty vocal about you know uh, Nancy Pelosi and that she's a Catholic and that she shouldn't be supporting these things and she needs to really reflect on on her position and um, you know today. Uh, so he put this letter out a couple days ago, and um, and and today is the feast of the little flower, right? And he mm. wrote in this letter that uh, you know that uh, the rose, you know, which is uh, <clears throat> there's a special relationship between roses and Saint Therese of Lisieux, right? That you know she said that she would spend her heaven doing good on earth, and she wanted to raise up a mighty host of little saints. And after her death, roses began to shower down from heaven, right? And that's it's called St. Therese's signature, a sign that your the petitioner's prayer has been heard by St. Therese. You know, you know St. Therese is giving that sign. That, I have a, a, f- a side note to that yeah. to, to validate that on, yep. on an anecdotal end of one. Um, at the at the relics, uh, uh, at the treasures of the church, yes. my, my son Christopher, uh, you know, went throughout all the relics, and, mm. and he, he said, Dad, you know, I... I smelled roses mm. when I was with St. Teresa of Lisieux. I said, well, that's, wow. that's her. That, that's, that's it, man. Right so there. there. There you that's go. Cool. That's really cool. <laughs> but the rose is also a symbol of the Blessed Mother, right? The Blessed Virgin Mary, who's the mystical rose. So, um, you know, the Archbishop is, uh, you know, he speaks about Nancy Pelosi in this letter that he wrote. He says, Speaker Pelosi speaks fondly of her children. She clearly has a maternal heart. Pope Francis has called abortion murder, the equivalent of hiring a hitman to solve a problem. Mm. So the solution to a woman in a crisis pregnancy is not violence, but love. And he's asking, he says, please join me in praying the rosary and fasting for a conversion of Speaker Pelosi's maternal heart to embracing the goodness and dignity of human life, not only after birth, but in the womb as well. So if you guys go to benedictinstitute.org, you can sign up and 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 have a rose sent, you know, as a symbol that you're doing this. Guys, you know, we talk about evangelization. We talked about Father Jeff's talk. Uh, the Pope talks uh, quite a bit about evangelization. This is an active. This is this is an act. I think if this ne- is something that that I think we need to do because we we can't sit back 
and, and be passive. And, and this is a, a positive act. If her heart is going to be converted, it's going to be through love, not hate. Right. Oh, and, and that's, that's, for and sure. if you, if you read back to when the Roe v. Wade decision happened and, uh, I think Warren Berger was the chief justice at the time, Harry Blackman wrote the majority opinion, right? The seven to two, uh, you know, opinion in support of, uh, abortion rights, uh, that you, you read about the hate mail that those guys got at that time. Mm. Um, and that didn't help them. <laughs> I think that probably only hardened their hearts yeah. to, 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 you know, make the decision that they made, you know, and, and hate mail and hate is not going to convert Nancy Pelosi's heart. No, agreed. And again, let's, let's unite. Uh, you know, the, this is, this is an important point that, that this initiative, um, you know, sort of, uh, exp- exp- you know, presents to us that when we come together as a church, yeah. we can do so much. Yeah, you can so imagine, let's relate to this. Imagine th- this, their plan is to send a thousand roses to uh, Nancy Pelosi. That'd be amazing. Right? How cool is that? How many that dozens of roses is that? That's quite a Valentine's so, Day. So, George, what's the website again? Benedictinstitute.org. Let's do it, guys. Let's do it together. Yeah, sign up, fellas. Let's act, let's be active. and Let's join forces. Let's you know form our ranks and, and charge. Charge at the heart of Nancy Pelosi. Let's do it. Awesome. So the other thing that kind of this, um, I was on a National Catholic Register, and this sort of sets up this one. Um, I was reading a letter of the editor, uh, and it's uh, Lepanto's lesson of we we all know about the story of Lepanto, Don John and his fleet. Well, stopped the recap the Muslims, it very quickly. You know, though, 16th so. century battle, um, 1571. Don John um, was up against the Don Ottoman Juan, fleet. the Don Juan, exactly. Um, up against the uh, Ottoman fleet, and at that time, really, the Ottoman Empire was the the power, and you know they were expanding they into were Europe. Expanding, and the Pope called for the world to pray the Rosary at this moment at the at the flagship, um, you know, in this in Don Juan's fleet. You know, there was an image of Our Our Lady Guadalupe. I mean, there's such a there was such a Marian uh, reality connected with this battle. And against all odds, Don Juan won and really devastated the Ottoman fleet, devastated them, really set them back until the final, if you will, end of Ottoman major aggression was again, Jan Sobieski at the Battle of Vienna Mm. and not too far, you know, Mm. beyond that actually. But the point of this was that this whole article really talks about the necessity of Mary, Mm. you know, Our Lady, this is her time. And I couldn't help but think of, of Don Bosco's vision that, you know, the church, the bark of Peter, as it rocks in storms, and boy, do we have storms today, right? Mm. You know, it was two pillars that would guide that ship to safety, safe harbor, and that was the Eucharist mm. and Mary. Mm. So, you know, one of the great paths um, to Mary and to her heart is through the rosary. And and uh, so I, I really recommend, guys, we start being a little more aggressive with the rosary, our relationship with Mary, and, of course, the Eucharist. Mm. Good stuff, times, yeah. yeah. So I, I read the article. It's a short little article. And the uh, feast of uh, the Battle of Our Lady of the Rosary, the feast is yeah. uh, October 7th, right? Yeah, Next yeah. week? October 7th would be, I think, uh, what is it, uh, 450 years. Is it? Wow. Since the battle. Wow. Yeah, pretty Very amazing. Cool. Mm. Yeah, a turning point in Christendom, you mm. know. So um, definitely the rosary, guys. Um, come see the relics. Let's get a little closer to Jesus in the Eucharist. Let's get our, our game together. We're in, we're in tough times. We got to, you know, no, no more, no more silliness. We got to get serious.
We yeah. got to get personally serious with our faith, and uh, we got to do something. And again, I love this whole idea of actively coming together as a body and praying for Nancy Pelosi's heart. Maybe we can even, after this is done, consider doing something similar for Biden, another quote unquote Catholic. Great idea, actually. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, pray for, for a deep conversion and also uh, that he, you know, he's not. Imagine that. sending a thousand roses to the White House for uh, President Biden. That'd be pretty cool, too. I don't want to derail what we're doing for Pelosi, but after that, yeah. let's consider that. Let's, yeah. let's, we're going to talk about it in this hollowed chamber after yeah. this show. Yeah. What we can do. All right. Very cool. <laughs> so, guys, we're going to uh, actually uh, go to break in a minute. And we're going to come back uh, with our, our featured guest for the day, who is actually the president of Malvern Retreat House, which is a prominent retreat house in the metro Phil, uh, Philadelphia area. His name is Mark uh, Pulitanow. I think I'm saying that right. I think that's close enough. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he'll correct <laughs> us if we screw this one up. But uh, he's going to talk a little bit about that ministry and, and what that could mean for you. So we'll be back in two minutes, guys. Father Benedict Groeschel. I must tell you that from what I observe from very young people, all of these blasphemers, all of these mockers are in for a tough time. Because the devil bites his own tail. And I find among young people a growing reverence and longing for God. I find a decline in the cynicism and skepticism around it because it had to destroy itself. No one can live on being an enemy of God. It's too crazy. It's too absurd. It's too dark. It's too bleak. God is beautiful. God is holy. Why in the world mock God? The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. It started like it does for many people. Question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the, the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for, for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going, and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Well, welcome back, my brothers. This is Bill Marm here with my co-host, George Rose, and we are <laughs> brothers in arms. I actually, he's laughing because I, I hit my little church, uh, the little chair, uh, what do you what do you call yeah, these things? The the lever on the, the chair. The lever on the chair, and it just sank right below the Bill mic. Just... <laughs> I just completely <laughs> fell. But anyway, we're on with our our uh, guest for the day, uh, and Mark. I, I don't want to butcher this, but I'm going to give a shot. Polutinow, is that correct? Polutinow. Yes. Oh, there we go. Okay. Polutinow. Polutinow. Hey, Mark. This is George Rose. 
Hey, good morning. How are you, George? How are you, Bill? Good to see. Good to hear you guys. Great. I guess I can't see you right now, but <laughs> I'm hearing you pretty well. Uh, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to come on uh, the show today. We really appreciate it. And uh, just so our, to introduce you to our men, um, you are the president of the Malvern Retreat House, St. Joseph's in the Hills. And uh, the Malvern Retreat House is the largest lay retreat house in the world. Um, it was founded in 1912, got a very long history, 108 years. Uh, I've been, um, I've been to Malvern 10 times myself. I'm, I consider myself what, what we call a man of Malvern, right, Mark? Right. And, uh, That's right. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it's located on 125 acres in Malvern, Pennsylvania. Um, I think over the year, when we look on your website, it says there's been 25,000 retreat experiences over wow. the history of Malvern and 1.3 million retreatants. And I think now, well, anyway, before the pandemic started, Mark, you uh, were hosting about 20,000 uh, retreatants a year at Malvern, right? That That's right. And we, we hope that we can get back to those numbers. Uh, it's been... Uh, developing over the, the past number of months, uh, but we're not back to where we were pre-COVID. But the Lord has the, the Lord's timing is the perfect timing, and we just trust what He has prepared for us. That's great. That's great. And and Mark, now you you were um, appointed uh, president of Malvern about five years ago or so. Is that correct? Right. That was in the uh, spring of 2016. So, uh, yeah, I've been here since then, and uh, I'm grateful that the Lord uh, opened this door for me. Uh, I was doing an awful lot of work in in Catholic-based, uh, uh, faith-based social services, and, and that was great. That was very fulfilling, and I enjoy that. That's very close to my heart. Uh, but the Lord had been putting on my heart for a while. Um, why why don't you think about ways that you can help others be led closer to me? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that can be done through the the corporal works of mercy, uh, like feeding the hungry and and uh, giving shelter and and clothing and helping people get employment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I guess in this phase of, of my life, the Lord was putting that on my heart and, and led me to the Melbourne Retreat House. And it, it's, uh, you know, I think for me, one of the things that I want to encourage uh, people about is if you feel something that the Lord is encouraging you about, that the Lord puts on your heart, test it. Um, it, it could be from the Lord. Uh, maybe, maybe He's nudging us for a particular reason, uh, but we don't know unless we test it. And uh, in this case, I tested it, and the Lord opened the door, so here I am. That's awesome. So, Mark, I wanted to ask you, uh, for, for the people listening uh, to, to, to this program, how would they go about um, getting involved with Malvern with regards to retreat? What's the process, and what are some of the different uh, themes in the retreats and so forth? Uh, there's there's a lot of different ways. So, um, you know, there was a time for many, many years that the retreats we had here were exclusively for men. 
And that was for good reason, because our founders uh, actually were inspired by men's retreats in Staten Island, New York. And um, one of the founders, again, by the grace of God, found himself there in New York in uh, around 1911, 1912, and he, he was there for a weekend when he was expecting to have gone home. And he saw an advertisement for a retreat and decided, well, I, I'm here in, in New York for this weekend. I have business coming up uh, next week. Retreat sounds like a good idea. So John Farrick uh, went to the Manresa Retreat House, and he uh, and he engaged in the retreat. The re- he was so inspired by it that he brought it back to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and they started at the seminary uh, for the, the first nine or nine years or so, and then came out here to to Melbourne, PA, in, in Chester County. So I, I just give that background because that establishes why it was for men for many many years, and really the core of the men and women of Malvern uh, continues to be those those retreats, those those weekend retreats that happen annually with with particular groups. Um, so there there are retreats for men, exclusively for men, exclusively for women. There are some retreats that are men and women. There are couple uh, retreats for married couples. Uh, we have retreats for families. A lot of retreats for youth, especially high school age, doing Kairos retreats, and then uh, parish groups, um, different uh, uh, affiliation groups uh, like the Knights of Malta and, and different different groups like that. Um, so the best way to initially get an idea of what's available is to go to our website and look at our calendar, and there's there's really an explanation there of all of the different kinds of retreats, uh, whether it be one of those that I mentioned, a healing retreat, uh, Matt Talbot. We have a lot of Matt Talbot groups for people who are in recovery. As a matter of fact, we have two groups coming in this, this weekend who will be with us. Um, so there's really a, a plethora of opportunity for people uh, who are in a lot of different situations in, in their lives, and uh, the Lord meets us where we are. And I think that's the important thing to keep in mind. Um, a lot of uh, work done is on the ground through people who have been here already that extend the invitation and, and invite other people to consider a retreat. Um, and, and that goes a long way. Uh, but if you're on your own and, and you don't know somebody who has been out here before, uh, go to the website, take a look at what we're offering, and then if you have questions, just call our office, and, and which all of the information is there on our website, and call the office, and, and uh, they will help you make arrangements and make, make a reservation for a, a retreat. Hey, hey, Mark, I'm actually uh, working on, on Bill right now because he's never <laughs> been to Malvern. I have not. That's and, true. Oh, my goodness. I know. Yeah, and I'm, a, I'm a, a member of the Knights of the Maculata, so I've been on that retreat. Right. 
six or seven times. And, uh, and you have we Jeff have, Cavins coming. And yeah, so our retreat this year, which is the la- the weekend before Thanksgiving, I think it's the 19th, 20th, that weekend, uh, Jeff Cavins right. is going to come and be the retreat master. So Bill has, how many boys do you have, Bill? Five. Five I, boys. I, so I'm trying I to get would, uh... him to bring all his boys on the retreat. Yeah, get it. Get them in line. Yeah. Yeah, get them in line and say, hey, you, know, you guys, you, you, you belong in a retreat this, this year. Uh, well, I've been telling George for ages, years. Of course, but, but yeah, that, that would be a great thing. Uh, this weekend with the Knights of the Immaculata, great tradition. Uh, great tradition here at Melbourne Retreat House, always on the weekend before Thanksgiving uh, in November. And yeah, Jeff Cavins is going to be retreat director, and he's going to be accompanied by Bishop Coffey, um, who originally is from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, but now is a an auxiliary bishop for the military ordinariate uh, that assists all of our uh, all of our people in in the armed forces, wow. uh, not only in the U.S. but around the world. Well, yeah, my oldest my oldest son was six years in the army, so that, mm. that'll be my little my little shtick to get him him there. there. You there go. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. That's, a, that's a hook. Yeah, that's great stuff. So he's he's calling me out. So Bill, Mark, are right you now. yeah are you committing publicly on air to coming this year, Bill? I'm committing publicly <laughs> to uh, talk to the misses. Try to rally the kids. And worst case scenario, even if I can't get many kids to go, I I, I need one. For years, I've been telling George, I I need yeah. I need a good retreat. It's tough when you have eight kids to it, get away. <laughs> it is, and, and a busy career and all yeah, that. It's yeah. it's but but it's so necessary. So I'm I'm on the hook, Mark. Hopefully, I can actually see you in November. <laughs> that would be wonderful. That that would be wonderful. And you know, it's a it's a great group to participate with. Uh, a lot of committed men and. I think you'll be inspired not only by the talks and the presentations and the atmosphere here, but uh, by the witness and and the faith of of other men around you. And I and I and I think that's important. You know, sometimes we we by almost by default because of our life situation. Uh, you know, you have a big family. Uh, I uh, I have this responsibility here. I have twins uh, who are tiny, uh, two, two uh, girls who are in kindergarten, uh, you know, I, I, I understand what it is to be pulled in a lot of directions and, and the difficulty of carving out time. But, you know, it, we need that. And, and, and we all need that opportunity to say, okay, you know what, I can be a, a better man. I can be a better father. I can be a better husband. If uh, if I take time for retreat, and if I enter into community with, with other men, and and you know, we just can't do it alone. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. why the Lord created the church, mm-hmm. you know, so we can be in community, and we can find uh, strength and encouragement and inspiration uh, through other people around us. And and I think that's one of the things that is really beneficial uh, about a retreat uh, to look around and say, hey, you know what? I'm surrounded by a group of people, in this case, a group of men who aren't perfect. They're sinners like me, but they love the Lord and they're trying to be better. And and they they count on God's mercy. And you know what? It's worth the fight. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. worth the good fight. 
And, you know, I just find it really inspiring. And, and guys, you know, where we are in the world right now and where we are in our society, it's so easy mm-hmm. yeah. for us so quickly to become cynical, uh, to become negative, uh, to dwell on uh, whether or not uh, – Congress is going to pass a infrastructure bill, or 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 whether or not uh, my uh, my my family is going to be provided for uh, this month, whatever it might be, and you know I I think we in in this platform can can really stand and encourage others and say, Jesus is saying to us, like he said to the apostles, come away with me. You know, it's it's something not only that you need, but something that you can't live without. You know, if you're really trying to follow me, find a way. Pray for that door to open. Mm. Pray for mm. the the opportunity that uh, the wife and the family will will uh, say yes. You need this, and and I understand that it it will it will help you. Uh, there's so many stories, so many stories of families who who even today they'll come to me. You know, um, uh, adult children, uh, wives, maybe even their their father and their husband have passed away and. They had been here. The, the 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 men had been coming here for retreats for oh thirty, forty, fifty, sixty years, and um, they say, you know what? When Dad came home, when my husband came home from a retreat, he was a different man, mm-hmm. and we were so happy that he took a couple days just to step aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it gave him a new, renewed spirit, and and we could see that he was happy, mm. that he was really, really at peace, and and there was there was a transformation. We uh, we would ask ourselves, what happened up there? Mm. You know, what was that about? And this is what it's about: <laughs> encountering Christ, taking time away, you know, going before the Blessed Sacrament, listening to some very good. Um, presentations and reflections about uh, the scriptures and how to live a spiritual life and and all of those things that I think uh, give us that jump start. Mm. You, you have me, uh, I'm sold. I mean, I'm definitely yeah, sold. Yeah, this definitely. is quite the personal pitch for Bill. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's true. But, you know, you, you mentioned something that resonates very much with me. And um, by the way, I, I've, I've needed this for a while and I've known that. But one of the things you said is, you know, you're together with great men and you know, we, we, one of the things we do, George and I do, is we run a men's conference uh, every year. We have evenings and reflections once a quarter as well. We're back to doing those, which is great. But there is, great. When, I'm on, when I'm on the stage and I'm before, you know, six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand guys, the, there is, the Holy Spirit's there. It's so powerful. Mm, amen. Where two or more are gathered there. Mm. I'm, and and I'm, I'm always taken back in those moments. And it's so edifying and, and, and it just strengthens me. So, you know the point you're making about the fact you have these these other men, these sinful men, like like all of us, but they're there to encounter Christ. There is power in that, no doubt about it. Uh, but Billy, there's usually about 250 to 300 men on this on the nights retreat, and uh, they're all men after your own heart. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's awesome. Great to be amongst those brothers. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I have an amazing brother here in George Rose. I will tell you that. 
Uh, and I would, just to spend that weekend uh, with you uh, would be uh, amazing as well. So I'm, I'm definitely something I'm looking forward to. And Thanks for you guys. Talk, I'll be talking to the to the gang and and like again, hopefully I'll be shaking your hand, Mark. I don't know if you show up uh, at all at the <laughs> retreats. I'm I'm back. I'm back to shaking hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say, hey, so Mark. Um, I know the last year and a half, two years has been a little tough down in Malvern. And when I was on the Knights retreat last year, you spoke about um, some of the, uh, you know, the, the the fundraising you did and how God really provided during some difficult times. And and it's not the first time Malvern's been through this. I mean, you know, Malvern survived the, the Great Depression as well, right? Um, Absolutely. Great Depression yeah. and, uh, you know, actually— um, was started just after the First World War. Mm. I mean, on these grounds. It was started right, earlier right. with the retreat movement, but the, right. it was, there was a seminary. Coming out here to Melbourne was right right after the, the First World War, and uh, we went through uh, World War II, uh, the conflict in Korea, Vietnam, uh, all of the social unrest in the in the '60s, and uh, on and on, and now and now with with COVID and and all of these other things, and we're still here, <laughs> and and I am really really convinced that the Lord reminds us over and over again, you know, trust me and 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 know that I really love this place and I love this ministry and I and I will be with you. Uh, some of the things that have happened, for, for example, uh, last year, which really um, uh, blew me away because, uh, you know, we were, uh, we were for, oh, nearly five months with no one happening. And, and that was weighing on me personally, uh, mm-hmm. all of us. Uh, but I can speak for myself. It was really weighing on me. And we had decided uh, in June of 2020 that we would start this campaign, Melvern Forward. Together we can, because we can't do it alone. Together we can. And as people of faith, we say, with God's grace, we will. So Melvern Forward, together we can, with God's grace, we will. Mm-hmm. And so we went, you know, we started that in June of last year, and we said we have to raise, just to be solvent, we have to raise $1.2 million by the end of the year. And, and people said, yeah, that sounds great. But how are you going to do it? <laughs> mm. There were a lot of doubters, and mm. and the first few months of that campaign, it was as if, oh my goodness, how are we going to do this? And then later in the summer of last year, we had been having lots and really horrible storms in this region, and as as most people know, um, last year and. Um, uh, we had lots of rain, lots of wind, and, and toward the end of the summer period, I got a call from our our, uh, our director of, of operation, and he said, come down to the grotto. We have a beautiful grotto of Our Lady of Lords in, in our woods, and uh, he said, get ready, prepare yourself, uh, and I really wasn't prepared. I went down, and there were probably 10, 12 huge, huge, you know, over 100-year-old trees just all over the the grotto and uh the stream we had there had flooded over it was it was a mess it was a mess my heart sank and the the uh depression i was feeling the discouragement i was feeling was deepened immediately when i saw all of that and i really cried out to the lord and said lord what next you know, COVID, first mm. COVID. Then we had to lay people off. Now mm. we're running a mm. deficit. Now this, our beautiful, our beautiful grotto to Our Lady is 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 destroyed. Mm. 
And I got down there and started walking up on one of the huge downed trees so that I could get a better view. I looked up, and I saw that the statue of Our Lady was untouched. Mm. Then I looked around a little bit more, and I and I caught sight of the statue of St. Bernadette through some branches. But that statue of St. Bernadette praying before Our Lady was untouched. And the Lord was saying to me, you're asking me what next? I'm showing you what's next. You know, have faith. I'm with you. Uh, it could have been worse. And, you know, it, it's out of that. We we got some calls then from people who wanted to help with the, the cleanup and give some donations with the cleanup. But then even not only because of the uh, of all the devastation there in the grotto but all of a sudden that campaign caught people's attention and 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 people said yeah I want to support what you're doing so by the end of the year we were able just to be solvent because you know this is this wasn't like we were you know making millions of money that we could reinvest in the organization um we we raised one million, one million two hundred and eight thousand dollars. Wow, that's right. Really we amazing. hit our one point, yeah. two, and and the Lord kept on saying to me all the all the time, <laughs> "You're asking me what's next, okay, Mark? <laughs> that's Trust incredible, me, Mark. I'm going to show you." Wow, and he hey. did, and 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 it, that has continued this year. You know, again, that's... we're we're still dealing with all of this. Our our numbers, uh, our, our the the number of retreats overall is a is getting back to normal, but the numbers of people attending the retreats is not. Hey, and, Mark, and, Mark, I have to jump in. So hard. Mark, I have to jump in for a second. I'm sorry, because we're actually coming to the end of the show. We only have oh, no. yeah, a, a few seconds left. Um, so so give, us the, give us the website again for uh, everyone listening. Sure, www.melvernretreat.com. Awesome. Hey, Mark, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. You were great, and you tell the story of Malvern so well. And uh, Bill can't wait to meet you in November. <laughs> there you go. George, Bill, I, I wait to see you in, in November, my brothers. Sounds God bless. Good. God bless, Mark. Take care. And God bless everyone. Drive safe. Have an amazing weekend.